0: by emailing us at info at com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com.
1: What a great spirit in the house. Thank you so much for being here. I want to say a big welcome to our online audience. Thank you for being here as well. Uh, we have a big old church online, if you don't know this. And they are faithful, boy. They're there every week. They're locked in with us, and I thank you for being here. Thank you, each of you. Um, it is knocking on the door of 100 degrees outside, so we'll stay a little while if y'all want to. It's hot, man. It's hot already, all right? Boy, good to see each of you. So I want to do a little stuff. I want to get a little thing out this morning before I jump too far into it. We just finished uh, this past week Vacation Bible School. We kicked it off Sunday night, And then we went Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and that was a tremendous week. And, I mean, it was beautiful. And I want to thank Melissa and Katie and that whole team and all of you who volunteered and did a part. Give yourself a hand. That's a great week. It is. That's a great week. It was just fun to see life. The church, man, this church got life, and I love that about it. I just love to see the kids just jumping and dancing and shouting for Jesus. And I know God wrote so much on their little hearts, and he's going to continue to unpack that day after day, week after week, month after month in their lives. And I want to say thank you to your church who just pours in the kids and pours into that generation. Uh, God's raising up some warriors, and you got to be proud of yourself uh, as a church. Um, hey, I've got to say this too. Kay to started last week, at end of last week, talking about the offering that we're gonna take for Vacation Bible School, and we talked some smack because that's a good way to do it. We made it Boys Against Girls, and uh, let, me, let me tell you something. Th- those kids brought money every week, I mean, every night. It was beautiful to watch that. Uh, almost $3,500 is what those kids brought. Yeah, give the kids a hand on that, man. And so when we go on the mission trip, Kate and the team leave next week. They leave Saturday. We're going to use that to buy food, groceries. We're gonna take it to homes. We're gonna buy sackcrete. We're gonna pour concrete in the, in the, in the floors and the homes of some of those people. And every bit of that was done by those little, those little kids who brought dimes and pennies and nickels and quarters. I'm gonna tell you something. There's no gift too small for our God. And we're gonna to get to see the kingdom expanding. We're gonna take pictures of that and see that. And I gotta give it up. The girls were trailing going into the last night. Kate, I got to say it. But the guys got beat by the girls, I'm telling you. (laughs) By about 80 bucks is what it was. Uh, They just brought the wheelbarrows of pennies. I'm telling you, that thing was beautiful. And it was gorgeous. It killed Kay, but he recovered well, so I was proud of him. But uh, it was gorgeous. So give it up to the church. Give it up to the kids. Beautiful time. And you're going to see some pictures of that in the next couple of weeks when the people come back from the mission trip. That'll be gorgeous to watch and gorgeous to see what what the little VBS offering did for the lives of so many people. So we are in, I little, did a little series, took a break last week, but we're, in the tree, we're We're talking about the two trees in Genesis, the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. We talked about the tree of knowledge a, a couple of weeks ago. Today is the tree of life. I want you to go to your Bible, uh, Genesis chapter two. If you're struggling with where that is, that's at the very first of the book, all right? <laughs> right after the table of contents. You should be okay after that, all right? If you're still struggling, hmm. Lord help you. But, uh, uh, but Genesis chapter two, I mean that in love though. I mean, seriously. Genesis chapter two, uh, find that. This is kind of the backdrop of that. I just wanna read it and then we'll jump into it. This is verse, uh, Genesis two, look at eight and nine, verses eight and nine. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put a man, put the man he had formed, And the Lord God made all kinds of trees come out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. But in the middle of the garden were a tree of life and a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Skip down to 16. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. That's the backdrop of that, okay? Now, I, I know when, 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 when you see that, you're, you're thinking, man, you know, somebody came up to me a couple weeks ago and said, I didn't even realize that was in the Bible. I didn't realize the tree thing. I just thought there was one tree. No, he made many trees, but he made specifically those two trees that don't eat of the tree of, good, of knowledge of good and evil for you will surely die. All right. So the tree of knowledge, let's look at what's in or what's about the tree of knowledge. All right. The tree of knowledge, you will find in the tree of knowledge the law. All right. Rules. Leads to bondage. Leads to death. They see God is only a judge, and we are condemned by God. I said in the first service, I'm not popping popcorn, inviting friends over for that. That is heavy. That is tough. That's that the tree of knowledge is burdensome. You think 108 was tough yesterday. When you live out of the tree of knowledge, it's like 188. It's hot. It's heavy. It's burdensome. The tree of knowledge is not a good tree to live out of. God does not want us to live out of the tree of knowledge. He said, don't eat of it. You will surely die. You surely die. For we find in the tree of knowledge a lot of times, we find a lot of religion. Religion is heavy. Okay, religion is man's attempt to get to God. Anytime you see religion, that's what religion is. You say, well, well, I thought this was a church. This is a church. This is not religion, this is a church, all right? There's a difference between religion and church. I don't say I'm gonna go to religion, I say I'm gonna go to church. When I go to church, I wanna go to church. There are some churches that Jesus will not and does not walk into. I'm not, listen to me. He said in John chapter four, he said, these worshipers, the people that worship me in spirit and in truth is the kind of worshipers that I, I will go to the kind of worshipers I'm looking for. If Jesus said these are the kind of worshipers I'm looking for, then that means when I see a church worshiping and conducting business, a church in a way of truth and spirit, all right? the word and the Holy Spirit, that's the kind of church I'm walking into. A church must be a church that gives off life. And if a church doesn't give off life, then I'm assuming that the life giver, Jesus, isn't in it. I just, I mean, I don't know how else to say that. And so the tree of knowledge is a tree of laws and rules and God is a judge and God's gonna get me and I gotta sit up tall in church and I can't wiggle in church and I, gotta, I can't talk in church because God's watching. Well, gosh, that don't even, that don't even sound good saying it. God is a God of life and he wants the church to be a church of life. The tree of knowledge can lead to religion and religion keeps score, all right? It makes notes. You can say religion judges. Jesus doesn't, he does not. So religion is man's attempt to get to God, all right? That means it depends on me, depends on man, all right? If it was dependent upon man to get to God, then why did God send his son Jesus to die in my place? It's pretty simple. It doesn't depend on me. It's God reaching out for me, all right? The tree of life, here's what you find in the tree of life. Freedom, I already like it better. Freedom, grace, mercy, eternal life, God is good, God is forgiving. For that, I'm popping popcorn and bringing in the Cokes and inviting my friends, come on over. That's the kind of stuff I want, all right? relationship is what he's after. God, from the very beginning, was after relationship. That is all he's after. He created you. He created man. He made you. He knit you together. He calls you fearfully and wonderfully made. He says all the days of your life have been ordained. The reason is he made you to hang out with you. He made you so you could have relationship with him. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's what God's after. Every bit of us, every one of us, that's what he's after. He's after relationship. Relationship, all right, is God's attempt to get to man. And he did it through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what it depends on. So right in front of us, every single day is two trees. You can live out of the tree of knowledge or you can live out of the tree of life. The tree of knowledge is death, I'm telling you, all right? The tree of life is what? Life. The tree of life puts out life. I want you to look at our nation today. You think, what do we need? We need more people bought by the blood of the land, redeemed, let them say so, and walk, living out that life from the tree of life, giving off life, and seeing life made. There is darkness and heaviness and yuck all over the nation. And I'm gonna tell you something. The tree of life and the church of life is gonna be packed, all right? You have gotta be the people walking out of the tree of life, giving off life to people. Everywhere your feet land is purposed by God. Be the tree of life no matter where you find yourself because you will put off life and life will come back to you. If you live out of knowledge, you're putting out death and you're gonna get death. All right, don't speak death over yourself. Don't speak death over people. Speak life over yourself and live out life. All right, that's what you're there for. That's what we're there for. So let's look at some fruit. Let's look at some fruit of living in the tree of life. Okay, number one, the tree of life results in fellowship with God, it results in fellowship with God. I want you to go in your Bible to John chapter 10. Go to John chapter ten. A lot of word right here, but I, but I want the word to speak because the word won't come back void. My words will. Okay, I want the word to speak. Go to John chapter ten, verse two. John ten, verse two. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse five, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus uses figurative speech but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, in verse seven, he said, therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate. I am the gate for the sheep. All who enter came from, came from me. They were thieves and robbers, but sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He who comes in, he will come in and go, go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Look at verse 14 to seal it up. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep, K N O W me. My sheep know me, I know my sheep, my sheep know me. If you're sitting here this morning or listening online, you say, I know Jesus, the question is not, I know Jesus. The question is, does Jesus know me? Does he know me? It does not say, if you go to church, I know you. That's not what he's saying. If you be good, I know you. If you keep the right rules, I'll know you. If you do enough good stuff, I know you. No, he says, if you know me, I know you if you know me. If you've come through the gate, the gate is Jesus. If you've come in through the Son, Jesus Christ, you've confessed through your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he saved you, then he knows you. Does he know you? That's what he's after. He is after relationship. The tree of life is all about life. And life is Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you have no life. It's as simple as that. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and I am the truth and I'm the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. And everybody today, when you read that today and when you share that today, people just say, no, that's the problem. See, that's the problem with God. That's why I don't like God. That is so rigid. That is so one way that God is a God of love. Why? There has to be more ways. There's more ways to get to God because God is, is it, it, he's, not, he's not just one way. It's, it, that's not right. That's old fashioned. You need to open your mind up that there's more ways to get to God than just just that way. I mean, there's lots of different colors to the rainbow. There's lots of different colors. That's from God. That must be different ways to God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you think that there's other ways to God. There's not. There is one way to get to heaven. And it is through the gate. And the gate is named Jesus. And he said, this is the way. There is no other way. If you want eternal life, it comes through Jesus. That's what he says. And, it, and that's out of love. And, and the problem is, we so many people and churches today want to water that down to make people feel good. I'm sorry, you feel good here. You're not going to feel good later because there is no other way except through Jesus. Bottom. That's it. You say, well, that's just so narrow-minded. God needs to be more inclusive than that. Okay, well, then turn over in your Bible to Romans chapter 10 and look at verse 13 because Jesus, the same cat, is speaking. He says... Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want exclusive? There it is. Everyone. But you're gonna call on one name. And his name is Jesus. I'm sorry if you want him to be exclusive. He can be. He says everyone. He says in John, he says in John, whoever, whosoever believeth. There's a lot of whosoever's I'm looking at. There's a lot of whosoever's online. All right? But I'm telling you, you can come to Jesus. I don't care who you are, where you are, what you look like, what you smell like, what you talk like, how you dress. I don't care, even if you don't dress, that's fine. But I'm just saying, you can come. But you're gonna come one way. There is a gate and there is a gate. And you ain't climbing over, hopping on, taking a shortcut, going through mama, going through grandpa. No, God does not have grandchildren. You can't get to heaven based on your mom and dad's profession of faith. You have to choose Jesus on your own. Bottom line. Going to church, getting not get it done. Being good, doesn't get it done. Opening doors for old people, doesn't get it done. It doesn't matter, okay? Just doesn't work. Those are sweet things. That's neat and everything, but that's not it. Jesus says, I'm the way. And from the very beginning in Genesis chapter one, God has been after a relationship with you. He says, man, I'm gonna tell you right now, you don't want nothing to do with that tree of knowledge. That's just death, man. It just rules, trying to be good enough, trying to do all the right things. That's just hard. That's just, that, there's no life in that, man. It'll choke you out. The tree of life is what I'm about, man. I, you come to me, and I put my Holy Spirit inside of you, and my life begins to come out of you, all right? You will produce life. You will attract life. You will tell other people how to receive eternal life. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you will become a walking church for me and that's what he wants. If you find yourself this morning, or even online, living out of rules and duties and trying to be enough and trying to be good enough and trying to measure up for God, can I tell you something? Cut that tree down, cut it up, and use it for firewood this winter. That tree is bad, just bad. And you get out of that tree, and you take your swing on this tree over here, and you swing your heart out and praise Jesus, all right? Tree of life is a life-giving tree. I'm just saying, we'll go into more detail in a little bit, but I'm just saying, some of us are swinging and living in a tree that is not producing life, man. Jesus came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Get out of that tree and get in the good tree. Number two, fruit living, or fruit of living in the tree of life, fellowship with God results in innocence. One of the things that you see is this relationship and this fellowship that you have with God, it, it, it results in innocence. In Genesis chapter seven, after they eat the fruit, they realize that they were naked, all right? Now, I know that some of the guys in here, they wanna go, come on, man, she ate it and gave it to him. You gotta nail him, you gotta nail him. I'm not nailing none of them ladies, all right? I'm just saying. He ate it too, blockhead. He needs to think on his own, All right. Here, honey, take a bite. Like, dude, what's wrong with you? you? And now you want me to get on her. No, you block it. Listen, dumb does, dumb does. I mean, you, she did it. Don't mean you need to do it. What's wrong with you? And so I'm not saying as soon as they took the fruit and ate it, they realized they were naked at this point. They didn't even know they were. They were innocent because the fellowship was so pure and right and holy. Several years ago, many years ago now, when I was in Longview, Texas, I made a house visit. And we had this young family, they had these two little boys. I can't remember if they were twins or just maybe a year apart or a little more than a year apart, but they have been coming for a couple of weeks and I needed to make a home visit. So I set up this home visit to go see them. So I came in, it was in the evening and we were standing around and the boys, when I got there, the boys were already in the bathtub. And so some of you parents understand that bath time can be quite the duty. So throwing both in at the same time while they still fit and doing both at the same time. Amen. And so so they're both in the bathtub doing whatever the boys do in there. And so I'm at the bar visiting with mom and dad. And so mom says, I got to get the boys out. So she runs to the bathtub to get the boys out. So me and the dad, we continue to talk there at the bar. And so, if you've ever been a mom or a parent in bath time, you get the one little boy out and you get him on the rug and you, t- you just towel him off and you're like, stay right there. Do not move. I got to get your brother out. One step, reach to get brother out. <laughs> he's gone. Streaker, man, he's gone. And he's running around the house, just giggling and laughing. We got company. Pastor Jeff is here. That just sped him up, all right? Because now he's got an audience, all right? And now he comes in front of me, and he's jumping around. I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) I mean, there ain't enough lava soap to get that out. So I'm just like, what the heck? And so then mom's running, you know, trying to get him. Well, mama, you're going to leave one boy. You know what boy number two about to do. So mom goes after boy number one, and boy number two is like, freedom! He's gone, and he's running. I got two little naked boys, just free as they can be, running all over that house. And the dad leans over to me on the bar and goes, I'm pretty sure we're going to need to join, aren't we? And I said, you're going to need to join now. I haven't seen your boys naked. You can't go to another church, man. And I'm just saying, kids don't know. They don't know, man. They don't know. I mean, if you live in the country long enough, your boy will walk out the front yard and just pee right there. You're like, what are you thinking? All right? They're not thinking. They don't spend any time thinking. They're free. They don't care. They don't know. All right? They don't know. I want you to go over in your Bible, Matthew chapter 14. I mean, 19. Go to Matthew 19, 14. I want you to see Jesus loved them. That's what he loved about the kids. All right? Jesus says in Matthew 19, 14, Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. You ever had a little kid, you ask them to do something and they're like, well, mom, wait, let me check my calendar and my schedule and let me see what I, I, I no, nah, I'm gonna be busy that day, mom. Sorry, kids will do anything. We grow up, we get responsibilities and deadlines and calendars and all kinds of appointments. But God still speaks to us like a kid. And all of a sudden, God says, I need you to do this. Well, God, I'm, I have a busy day, man. I'm busy. I got this to do and I got this. And I, God, just move on down. I thought you loved me. I thought You wanted, I mean, I'm speaking to you, but now you won't go. I need you to have the childlike faith. I need you to understand the relationship that we have of innocence, man. You're free. I've set you free. My spirit moves inside of you. My spirit calls you. My spirit spoke your name. I want you to do some things, but you always put deadlines and duties and responsibilities and schedules and all these other things in front of me. Can I just get you to love me enough to step out in faith and do what I've called you to do because I'm gonna take you where you've never been before and you'll never be the same again. Quit loving me from your schedule and from your daytimer and from your planner. And I'm sorry. That's just, God speaks that way. And people want to check schedules to go have faith for God. God doesn't work that way. The way He speaks to children is they don't have any hesitation, man. Boy number two, when mama left, boy number two didn't hesitate. He was free, living out of innocence, man. He's streaking. All right? It didn't matter. Where are you living out of? Are you living like a child of faith? Are you having God stand behind all these other duties and schedules and different things you can't do? Just be free and innocent to follow God wherever he speaks. Love God and serve God like a child does. God just asked one time and they gone, gone. They're not weighted down by guilt and shame and burdens. They're free. Number three, out of that innocence, that innocence of that relationship through Jesus Christ, that innocence is a conduit to God's power, all right? It's a conduit. The conduit, the power of God. You ever see people in their life and you're thinking, man, I wish I had their power. I wish I had their boldness. I wish I had that confidence. I wish I could do what they do. The reason they do that is they're operating with a conduit that is innocent and clean and God's power is rushing through it. They don't have a whole bunch of junk clogging up their plumbing. Let me tell you something. The worst thing you can do is clog up plumbing and have that sucker back up in your house. Amen? Sting summertime's worse. Ugh, all right? I'm just saying, you got to keep the conduit clean so that God's power can flow through you. That's what he wants and the innocence to do that. Romans eight eleven says, this: the same spirit is living in you, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same Spirit. So what are you saying, Jeff? What I'm saying is that once you become a born-again child of God, then the Holy Spirit fills your life and lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit wants to produce power in your life in every area of your life. But sin and unforgiveness and hard and, 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 and holding grudges and all this junk clogs up that conduit so the Holy Spirit power can't run through it. Why? Because it's got a bunch of weeds and roots and junk caught in that pipe. If you understand that you are forgiven, forgiven and covered by the blood of the lamb, then you need to confess sin and make that right and forgive. Listen to me. I have a real hard time with people who say I'm a born again child of God's, but I cannot forgive that person. What? You mean to tell me that you have been forgiven, but you can't forgive? He said, Jeff, you don't understand what they did to me. And I simply say to them, I'm sorry, but you don't understand what you did to Jesus. Your sin put him on that cross and he died and took your place. That should have been you, but he did it for you as a free gift and he forgives you, past, present, and future. You're forgiven, covered by the blood, made new again. When you mess up, you confess, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and pitch you right back out there. You're telling me you've been met with that kind of forgiveness, but you can't forgive. I'm sorry, but I'm not sure you've met the same Jesus that the Bible talks about. You may not wanna forgive him, you may not think you should forgive them, but I'm sure Jesus questioned whether you were worthy too. And he said, oh yeah, I love you. I forgive you, I make you new. And you do the same thing to people. Let them go. And the only way to do that is to understand that your conduit needs to stay clean so the Holy Spirit's power can do in and through you what you can't do on your own. Oh yeah, me and my flesh, I won't forgive. But Jesus running through my flesh and my blood, yeah, I'll forgive them. I may not be able to, but Jesus can. Ephesians 5.18 says, but be instead filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Zechariah 4.6 says this, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. I'm gonna tell you something right now. The Holy Spirit of God running through a conduit that's clean and open can do power in your life. It can change things as you walk every single day in this world, when you get up in the morning and your feet land on that floor, you simply tell God, you simply ask God, God, please fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit of God. I wanna keep in step with you today because you know what's in front of me and you know what's gonna be required of me. And every day you walk out feel fresh with the Holy Spirit of God from head to toe, so that you can see what he wants you to see, hear what you want him to hear, say what you want him to say. If you see somebody and you say, man, I need to go give them a word, I need to pray over them, all right? There's tons of people like that today. Go to a gas station. People praying all the time at gas stations right now, all right, all right? or doing other things that need prayer, all right? I'm just saying, you can find them, all right? Just walk up to you and so say, what do I do, Jeff? Just pray for them. What do I say? Guess what? Your conduit's empty. The Holy Spirit of God says, I'll be the groaning that groans inside of you that makes prayer come out of you. You don't even know what to pray until I do it through you. So you open your mouth and you trust the Holy Spirit because you what? You've asked God to fill you every day with the Holy Spirit. You wanna keep in step with the Holy Spirit, amen? And you pray. And you'll walk over from that gas station going, "Whoa, well, that was a good prayer. I might call Pastor Jeff. Pastor Jeff, I just prayed. That's, like a, that's awesome. I'm like... Sit, boo-boo, sit. That was the Holy Spirit. That wasn't you. Have a good day, all right? I'm just saying, you gotta, you gotta, gotta, gotta make sure you stay in the right britches, amen? So, woo. so So, listen to me. That's what it takes. This world today is hopeless, heavy, burdened, weighted down. People don't even know how they're gonna eat. Five-dollar gas, you know, a dollar for an egg. That chicken ain't near worth none of that. And they ain't a chicken that God ever made worthy of a dollar egg. I'm just saying to you, man, I ain't in chickens. That cute, but I'm just saying, Lord, help. I need two eggs, that's two bucks. All right, stop right there, all right? I mean, how do you eat breakfast, all right? I mean, goodness gracious. What I'm saying is you don't have to try hard to find people that need a living tree to visit them. You don't. Question is, what tree are you in? Because that tree of knowledge ain't gonna see that. That'd be dark and burdened and rural. You see them at the gas station. You know they're suffering. You know they're barely getting by. Trust me, if you're at the gas station today and the guy in front of you is pumping $5 worth of gas, he's hurting. He's hurting. Where are you gonna go on a gallon of gas? $10? I might get you the bloods from here, all right? I'm just saying, there's some people hurting in the tree of life, people that are born again, living out of that tree, they need to get out there in that world, man, and start producing, but giving out some fruit, giving out life, because people need it, not the tree. Number four, we gotta get out of here. Innocence results in freedom, woo, innocence. That's what they had, man, was innocence. That's what them two little boys had, all right, woo, Freedom innocence. They didn't know. They weren't burdened by a bunch of junk. They were just free. That's why Jesus said, I love them kids. Let them kids come. Now they'll do anything for me, anything. They don't have anything holding them back. Galatians 5.1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Woo. If he set you free, be free. Just be free, man. Walk in freedom. Walk out of that freedom. All right. Approaching life with innocence. When you approach life with innocence, it allows you to see the good things in front of us instead of picking every person, church, and situation apart. You know how to know? Yeah. When I was growing up, you know, you can go to church. <laughs> you can go to church out of two trees. Do you know that? You can go to church out of two trees. You can go to the church out of the tree of knowledge, or you can go to church out of the tree of life. See, for many years, I just, went, I just went what I was taught out of the tree of knowledge. I did. My rules to go into church by my parents, good rules, but, but it lasted a lot longer than childhood, all right? Look right, sit up tall, don't wiggle. Don't make noise. Right? That's what I do. God is watching you. I was like, geez, Okay, let's go to church. Woo. I mean, that was terrible. And so I junior high, high school, I'm sitting in church. I'm not moving. I'm standing. I'm being a good toy soldier, but I'm thinking in my head, "Where is God?" He's watching me. Uh, he's probably in that pipe organ. That's what them big old cannons were, you know, that Viking ship cannon things they had, right? Where's God? Uh, he's probably in that chandelier, right? Oh, uh, I know where God is. He's in that organ. I always wonder why the church had an organ because God's hiding in that organ, right? And I went to church thinking God was just watching me. And my mom said, if you don't act good in church, God's gonna get you. What kind of thing to tell a kid? If that's you, I'm sorry. Stop. Go tell your kids you're sorry. I'm just saying, don't tell your kids to be good in church because God's going to get them. They ain't never going to go to church once they leave you. They aren't. That is church out of religion, out of rules. That's not a church out of life. Jesus said, I don't care about your religion. I know your religion. Your religion is hard. I need you to have a relationship with me and understand that you are free, that you're walking in freedom because I have set you free. And what Jesus set free, you're free indeed. Go to church in relationship. Can I tell you, you can walk in the churches today and you can smell life. You can smell it. You don't have to introduce me to the pastor. You don't have to introduce me to the worship leader. I don't have to meet any of the elders. I just walk in to churches today and I can smell life. On the opposite, I've walked into many churches and you can smell what? Religion. I can smell it. I can smell it. Not only can I smell it, I can see it in people. Frownings, unhappy. They're saved, but the faith didn't get told. You know, they just look miserable. They sit in worship and they just sit there and it's like, hmm, there's ground at God. Or they don't even stand. They just sit because God's not even worthy of them standing. Listen to me. If he is good and he is good and he has given you life through Jesus Christ, then live in freedom, man. Be a tree of life that gives off life. Don't be a person that is choked out by the tree of knowledge of religion and all you give out is this aroma that no one wants a part of. The aroma of Jesus is sweet, is a life-giving aroma. Give that life off. If you're in that tree of knowledge and religion and it's choked life out of you, cut that tree down today and get over in that tree of life and start living out of it. Start living out of that tree. Innocence will set us free, man. That's what he was after. He said, Well, if you know, I, you're not innocent. No, no one's innocent, but we're forgiven. You see what I mean? We're not perfect. We're not the best thing since sliced bread, but I do know who the bread of life is. And he has forgiven me and cleansed me. And each time I mess up, I confess my sins and he covers me by the blood and he forgives me and he puts me back out there. He's not asking me to be perfect. He's asking me to be forgiven in the walk in life. That's what he's asking. You're not gonna find a perfect church because as soon as you join it, it ceases being perfect. All right, just saying. You gotta understand that Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. And the question on the table is, Is your life producing life? Is your life putting out life? Is your life producing fruit? All right? Because John says, apart from me, you will do nothing. So if you're out of the tree of knowledge, mm, not a good tree. If you're out of the tree of life, that's the life he said eat from, all right? I'm gonna ask you to stand, church. Eventually, I've gotta dismiss you out in that heat, but before we get out there, If you've walked in this room today and you know now, I don't have a relationship, Jeff. I'm a religious man or woman. I've been that for a long time. I'm hard. I judge. I'm judging you the whole time you preached. But I need to stop because there's no life coming from me. And I'm choking my life. I'm choking life out of me. I'm choking my marriage. I'm choking my kids. And they're going to grow up and be like me. And that's going to be sad. If that's you today, the first note that this worship team hits, you break out of that bondage and you get your tail down here and you say, I give up and I commit my life to Jesus. I want him to set me free. And that can be you today. You don't have to walk out like that. If you're in this room and baptism has not been taken care of, you know you're born again, you know you're saved, you live out of the tree of life, but there's never been a time that you made baptism on the right side of salvation and you know you need to seal that deal, you need to make that right. You can come this morning, get baptized. But if you're living out of a tree of knowledge, can you please crank your chainsaw and cut that thing down while we worship? That is not a life-giving tree. And if you're living out a tree of life, you ask Jesus to fill you every day with the Holy Spirit of God so you can produce even more fruit. Because this world today is looking for people that have a life that comes from within them. They're gonna ask you what that tree is about and you can tell them, all right? I'm gonna pray for you. And this is your time. There'll be ministry people up front. Altar's always open. If you need Jesus, you need to come. You need to come for prayer. You come for anything. Just come this morning and live out of that tree of life. Father, we love you. You're good. Not because we say so, you just are, and we need to say so. So, God, I pray that all throughout this worship center, that all the redeemed of the Lord will say so, that God is good and that living out of the tree of life is sweet. And I pray for anybody, the sound of my voice, even online, that is living out of a tree of knowledge, or that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, that they would come this morning to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and be introduced to a life-giving Jesus who produced life in them too. God, we love you. We worship you now. Draw us by your Holy Spirit in Christ's name. Amen, amen.